This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. As, uh, as expected, uh, the Sharks lose tonight in what can only be described as an upsetting fashion. 3-2 to two in overtime. Anze Kopitar with the overtime winner tonight. And the Sharks can only be described as collapse in the third period having a 2 nothing lead going into that third period and completely getting outplayed and throttled. Oh boy, it was not, not a great night in Sharksland, that is for sure. However, to, uh, to calm all of our nerves down and to give us a little bit of dose of Canadian robotry and uh, maybe just a little bit of a cold cold shower i have uh ian reed joining me oh and uh you are uh at ian blogs hockey <laughs> I, I i am <laughs> uh let's see if i can get that uh there we go this makes me sad <laughs> ian I, I mean look the whole game was pretty boring um to say the least it was very much a uh Sharks Kings circa 2012 kind of game <laughs> um you know just very much of whoever controls the neutral zone controls the game and the Sharks end up you know doing a good job in that second period of getting shots on goal getting nice um rebound opportunities and doing all the things that you were wanting them to do but just completely let off the gas in the third period and I mean, if you're a team right now that is looking up in the standings at where they're at, that effort in the third period is is not okay, and and I just I I, I am at a loss for words. I mean, what what was your take on the whole game and in particular that third period? Uh, you know what though, like you can say what you want about the third period, but for me, I, I thought this game really started the way it ended the way it started, because the Sharks really weren't that great for the first period. I mean, it took them what ten minutes to get a shot on goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It took them ten minutes to start uh, to 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 have a shot on goal. Um, it also took them a little while to establish any kind of forecheck. And yeah, I mean, just overall a lifeless performance there in the first period. Yeah. And that's the hard thing because you've got a team that obviously look at there's, there's a layover here, but like at the same time, like you're coming out, you're playing a team. Like I understand that the rivalry maybe isn't as intense as it used to be, but I guarantee you those guys sitting in the locker room right now, they are not, you know, they're not going to be guys that are, that are happy losing a game to this team. Right. And I mean, it, it just it goes to show you where exactly the Sharks are insofar as their game right now and, you know, where the effort is and where it needed to be. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And if you haven't already, please go ahead and subscribe to the uh, Twitter page right now. We are also going to be putting this back up on YouTube uh, later on this evening, unfortunately, we're still having our live issues with the YouTube, but you can also find us on all the social media. We are going to be taking questions tonight exclusively from Twitter, so please use that at Teal Town USA. Of course, you can follow us on the Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube when this does post up on YouTube. We will uh, also take into account your comments, and uh, we will try to address them tomorrow on tomorrow's show. Uh, Facebook, SoundCloud, and of course Reddit, all at Teal Town USA. And of course, please use the website tealtownusa.com. Okay, back, going back into that first period. So, you know, it was kind of a, it, it definitely looked like an opening period coming off of a long layoff. 
the team looked lifeless to say the least there wasn't very many shots on goal I think like Ian said it took about 10 minutes before they even generated their first shot um you know pretty much the entire lineup you know forward one through 12 uh in that first period just did not show up in that first 10 minutes no um and and honestly you know we have seen this way too many times for my liking I'm sure for your liking I'm sure for all of Sharks fandom right now and I just I don't understand what it's going to take to get these guys to realize that they're running out of runway if they haven't run out of ready they've, already they've run out of, like I don't know how anyone could like honestly and I I understand like this is really negative and I apologize for for those that are still holding out hope but how do you come away from this game and think playoffs at all like how do you even have that in your head after this game like every time and i've said this a few times every time this team seems to plug a hole they find another leak you know how how many times we say well you know if they could just get average goaltending i feel like dell has given them pretty average goaltending in most of his starts and have they resulted in wins no like i every time you you think you just okay well if you know they can figure out this then this is going to work out. But every time they fix one thing, something else breaks. So, so Aaron Dell's been better than Jones and net, which isn't fucking difficult at this point or in Periscope. I can swear my fucking head off. Great. <laughs> um, no, but look at, I mean, not, not that that's been a difficult feat to be better than Martin Jones at this point, but Aaron Dell has to his credit, given the sharks, good goaltending. And it's unfortunate that, you know, like that third period, you you can hang, you know, you, I can understand how some people might want to hang that that overtime goal on Dell for being a little over aggressive there. But Hurdle completely backs off of the play and just gives the Kings the frick in front of the net. If I'm the goalie, I'm going to go out and try and poke check it too, just to get it out of there and hopefully wake the team up in front of me. Like I, I, I feel like I'm hysterical right now. And I just, because I don't have answers and I wish I had answers. I think, I think the entire Sharks fandom at this point is in agreement. There is just, first off, I think that there's just way too much talent to be sucking this hard. You know what I mean? Like, individually, these pieces that the Sharks have should be performing at a an extremely high level, and we're not seeing that at all. If if anything, we're seeing complete mediocrity throughout the lineup. You know, yeah, it, and then and then guys that are, you know, um, Timo Meyer gets himself stapled to the bench. And don't get me wrong, like Timo Meyer, Timo Meyer, I'm a huge Timo Meyer guy, but Timo Meyer hasn't had the season that you want from him. But he's stapled to the bench. But you know, the defense, the multi-million, trillion, zillion-dollar defense can cough up the puck and and you know, give away the game and nothing for them. Right. You know, and, and I, I I agree with that. I mean, you're, you're seeing when look, I, I think it was in that second period when Eric Carlson got that goal off of a face off play. I think we all looked and like thought, OK, maybe maybe this is the start of something good. Maybe, you know, he's getting a little bit of his mojo back. He's getting a little bit of picking his spot and really launching that puck. And we thought, okay, yeah, you know, okay, this is what we signed up for on the back end. And then going into, um, and that came at 6-16 in the second period, Marlowe and Thornton are getting the assists on that one, so go old guys. The second goal coming from Joe Thornton, his first on the season, which, you know, Joe Thornton is not a goal scorer at all, but boy, you know, you pick a hell of a time to get your first goal, why don't you? You know, this should have come at least 20 games earlier. Um, yeah. But besides the point, Shimek and Marlowe getting the assists there. And you're thinking, okay, you know, we're getting some some production from the back end. Shimek driving up the, the, the center lane, you know, causing some havoc in front of the goaltender. You're liking that. Um, you know, and, and, the, and the Sharks had some good mojo going into that second period. But boy going into that third period it's like they just forgot to play defense and and quite honestly martin frick with two i mean completely unmarked plays i mean he was frick that guy frick that guy yeah frick that guy exactly but he's completely unmarked left right alone in the slot you know he's going 
to his left and shooting towards his right on the short side. Dell has no chance on either of those, and Dell quite honestly kept them in in that first period um, through that that horacious start that the Sharks had. And you know you're thinking, okay, Sharks maybe are getting some some life here. They're getting the old guys to kind of come in and 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 provide a little bit of interjection of some energy. And you're thinking, okay, you know we could work with this. Yeah. And then completely, it's just, you, you know, you might as well not have even stepped out onto the ice. It, 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 complete breakdown. Complete breakdown. Yeah, and I don't know, like, and I don't know what the answer is, you know. And it's hard because, like, it's easy right now. The easy thing to do is just kind of to just resort to just hysterics and just really shitty takes on things. And I'm trying not to do that. But, like, what do you do? I mean, like every time I think this team can't hit another low, it does. They hit another low. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. Like, is this rock bottom for the team? I don't know. I think rock bottom was sometime in October, to be quite honest with you. And this is just a continuation of the mediocrity. You know what? I don't know because, like, you. You know, because I think October, you know, they, 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 you know, they, they did have their November and they leveled things out. So you don't, I don't think like October was rock bottom, but like, man, like this, this, like October was bad. Don't get me wrong, but this chasm that they've fallen into, look how, you know, they played a bunch of division teams must win games in my opinion to, if you want to have any faith. And I mean, those games are all gone now. And how, what do they have to show for it? A couple of points, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're 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 right. I mean, Andy in San Jose um, saying, let's be real. The uh, you know, the season's over, you know, at the beginning of 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 play tonight, I thought tonight was definitely going to be the uh, litmus test as to what the Sharks were going to do in the second half. And they basically showed me that they are who we thought they are, meaning they're they're not good. This is not a good. No, this is not good, and and this is a team that is built to be good, right? Like this isn't a team that's, this isn't a team that's set up to fail this badly. No, no, like, like, and this isn't. I and and you know I might be a Doug Wilson apologist from time to time, but this isn't on him. This this isn't on him. This this makeup of of the team should be should be a lot better than they are. Is it though? I mean, I. See, I, I disagree with that. I think this is absolutely on him. You you got a couple of good games from Martin Jones in the playoffs last year, and you thought, yeah, we can come back with the same goaltending this year, even though the majority of last season was awful. You, if the Sharks, I mean, I know I I know I contradicted this. I'm going to contradict this already, but like, you know, if the Sharks, the the wheels have really fallen off for them to get this low, right? Like, I mean, obviously, look at they don't look. This isn't a happy team. These guys don't look like they're having fun. But if they get just average goaltending in October, November, maybe, you know, maybe this the, the lows aren't as bad as they are right now. You have obvious depth issues that you can't solve, that you haven't been able to solve. They, there's been a there's been a litany of guys that have come up and played in the bottom six. Nothing seems to stick. I mean, at some point, yeah, you can. Doug Wilson obviously isn't on the bench and he's not on there making the plays, but this is his team and his team is set up to not be this bad. And he's already blown the gun and he's already used the one bullet he had to fire his coach, which changed nothing, even though I'm, you know, I'm happy Peter DeBoer has gone, but still it didn't change. It didn't have the impact that people were hoping it would have. This is Doug Wilson's team. This is he has to own this. You can't just ride the coattails of, well, I made this trade back in 2003 forever. Right. Like right. at some point, you know, this is, this is a team where under his management, the future has been mortgaged, you know, big guys have come in, guys have gotten long contracts without having the success to go with it. Like you look at the mess Chicago's in. Yeah. They're in a mess, but at least they've got three Stanley cups to hang their hat on. What do the sharks have? A Stanley Cup appearance they lost in six games, a couple of conference finals, not good enough. Right. This is absolutely on Doug Wilson. Doug Wilson has failed to manage this team in the new era of the cap, where he's given guys deals that they 
you know, based on, well, we have to pay them now and we're going to have to pay them later. But I'm sorry, um, we weren't supposed to have this problem with Brent Burns already. Like, this is Brent Burns at 34. We signed him. He's signed for another five years at $8 million. There's no quick way out of this mess. That's absolutely on Doug Wilson. Right. I, you know, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is not necessarily for the lack of introduction of personnel, the lack of going and inquiring high-end talent. You know, I still am wanting to see more from Evander Kane, who has completely disappeared. I want to see more from Timo Meyer, who has completely disappeared. Kevin LeBanc. I mean, we those are three players that mm-hmm. were had had an enormous responsibility placed upon them. You thought, okay, you know, they're not going to have career years like they did last year. Sure. But they're going to be productive they're going to be productive players they're going to be players that will drive play and that can complement you know a very high potent back end right now they're missing in action you know that's that's three that's an entire line just missing in action but who's been really i mean it's the yeah i mean that's the problem right there's there's nobody there's really nobody that you can hang your hat on so far this season and be like well at least that's working out I mean, you, you you could say Barkley Goodrow. I'd like to see some more points out oh, of him. Oh, great! But Barkley Goodrow. I mean, if if you're expecting Barkley Goodrow to be your top line guy, like that's kind yeah. of speaks to the problems, right? <laughs> yeah, you know ex- exactly. It, it just it goes to show you that you know a, a depth player is is the player that has been the most consistent this year. That that says something, and I think it says something about. Quite honestly, I, I think it's time it's it's time to start talking about leadership. Um, I I don't think Logan Couture's style of self uh, reflection and self um, not deprecation but but almost this this inward look that he that he channels his own inner Dan Boyle so to speak. I don't think that that's what this team needs. I don't think, you know, I don't know, though. And again, I'm not trying to just be I'm not trying to be uh, antagonistic with you, Landy, I promise. No, but, no, no. Like, it's it's a good discussion to have. I think. Yeah, with, like, with I don't know. I, I don't feel like, you know, like, I don't know. I, I think that's one of like maybe the more red herrings for this team this year. Because it's an easy thing because like, oh, this changed the captaincy changed. So this is clearly like how many times, you know, they talked about on the broadcast tonight when when Rob. Blake took over the sea. Well, who is still the, the main guy in the locker room? Joe Thornton. Right. Like, and I'm not trying to say Joe Thornton's, this is Joe Thornton's fault, but I'm just saying, I think like the, the eagerness to put a lot of this on Logan Couture probably isn't fair because he's, yeah, he's the guy with the sea, but he's probably still not the guy in the room. Right. Right. Um, finishing off in that third period, even though I don't, really want to martin frick with his first like i said completely unmarked going towards his left in the slot basically left alone goes against the grain gets uh uh aaron dell on the short side aaron dell by the way having a great night he posted a 921 save percentage not really much more you could ask out of him but um pro pro horkin and carter getting the assists there and then in almost a deja vu play with the goaltender just pulled Jack Campbell on the bench, Martin Frick with his second of the night. Uh, mind you, this was his first appearance as a Los Angeles King. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, luckily it wasn't a first NHL goal, but it certainly had feelings of that, didn't it? And uh, Carter <laughs> and Pro Horkin hooking up again on the goal from Martin Frick and then going into that overtime which we kind of already broke down just a little bit, but Hurdle kind of loses the puck, kind of stays behind the blue line and behind his goaltender, and the puck squirts out into the center. You basically have a two-on-O situation. Um, sure. You know, Aaron Dell goes for the um, poke check, which I think in, in quite honestly, there there is no wrong move as a goaltender there. If you, if you try and post up or try and make yourself bigger, you know, you're you're still got a two on O situation. It's high yeah, risk, it's high reward. Three on three. Like you it's three on three. The best that you can do is try and get the puck, like try and disrupt the, the possession for the Kings and, and hope the play goes the other way. Um I don't like man, like Hurdle just bailed on that defensive play. And 
I, I like I don't know what like Arendelle's supposed to do in that situation. Right. And I know like you know you want to see him like I know a lot of people you'd be like, well you know you you'd get on Jones for that but you wouldn't get on Dell and in that play I'd probably give Jones a pass too. Like I don't know what the goalie's supposed to do in that situation when when hurdle completely bails on the defensive side, like the defensive play, you give the entire front of the net to the Kings. The sharks are all below the line. Like, I, I, <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. Like it's, it's, it's keystone cops. It's keystone cops. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's keystone cops, three stooges, whatever, whatever, you know, slap slapstick comedy routine you want to throw out there. It's basically what we're seeing on ice right now. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know. I you know, uh, you've got um, like AJ. Like, does LA even win this game if or Carlson doesn't get stripped out? Of, well, no. Obviously, look at like again the the one problem that I've always said with the Carlson Vlasic signing is it's too much stick checking, not enough body checking, and that is a perfect example of it. If Eric Carlson takes the man with the body, maybe that play doesn't happen. But at the same time, like we can pick him apart for that specific play. But the Sharks had four shots on goal the entire period. Like, you play that long in your end, it's only a matter of time until someone screws up, whether it's your highest-paid defenseman or your lowest-paid defenseman. It doesn't matter. If you play that much in your own end in the third period trying to hold a one-goal lead, bad shit is going to happen. It doesn't matter who's on the ice. Uh, You're exactly right. And just to illustrate the points that we have been saying, let's break down the shots on goal period by period, why don't we? It doesn't paint any prettier of a picture, folks. If if not, if anything, it's worse. The total shots on goal tonight, 38-24 in favor of the Los Angeles Kings in the first period. The Kings with 10 shots on goal, San Jose with 8. And I think that that was pretty generous because there were a few that were you know, coming off of indirects, and so to speak. In the second, it was all even at 11 apiece. But just to illustrate... How frustrating that third period was. 15 shots to four shots. How yeah, like, how, how how does that happen? That that that's a joke. It's embarrassing. The 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 forwards, the decor, everyone should be embarrassed. Oh, it's 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 a joke. I mean, and they went, <laughs> you know, and intermission. They were like, oh, you know, if the Sharks pull this game, they're right back in the playoffs. How can you honestly even think that this team, like, I understand. I, I get it. We I know we've speedbagged the CSN crew a lot, but, oh, my God. Like, how can you watch this game and think that this team, like, this team is fortunate that there's no relegation. I wish my fandom would get relegated <laughs> to a different league right now. Oh, boy, he wants to pull some English Premier League relegation action. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I mean, in, and it seems like this team is just completely dysfunctional across the board. Um, you know, I, I liked Mario Ferraro's game tonight. He was a bright spot. Shimmick was a bright spot. Um, I, I, you know, I've continued to like what I've seen out of Stefan Nason. Um, I, I've liked uh, uh, Joel Kelman. Um, uh, yeah, Shelman, yeah. Shelman, and... Uh, you know, I, I I think that that the depth kind of players have have been OK. But, you know, again, I, I, I just go back to Evander Kane. I go back to Tomas Hurdle, Kevin LeBanc, Timo Meyer. I mean, again, four players. And then you and then that. But then and there's the thing, right? Like and like at the end of the game, like I understand, like you're desperate. and You want to reward some of these like, you know, grinders for some stuff. But what the hell is. Tomas Hurdle going to do on a line with Nason and and Shelman. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand that they played, you know, that they've they've played some positive minutes, but at the same time, like, what the hell's Tomas Hurdle supposed to do with either of those guys? It's just painful. No, it it is, and it is, and it's it's sup, such a precipitous fall off in their games, um, and and so it's, I don't know, I I I don't know, I don't know what to tell you in so far as what the team should be doing. I don't know in so far as 
realistically what can happen now with the rest of the time that they have available to them. But I think that it is it behooves DW to start exploring some trades of some of the bigger players that they have. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's time to recoup for for draft picks because this team has proved, you know, teams can prove to you whether or not they buy a trade, you know, to improve themselves going onto the stretch run. Teams can show you if if they deserve to have players retracted out of the lineup because of how crappy that they have played. And I think that it is time. Um, you know, I, I think there are some expiring deals that they can get rid of, especially you look at Dylan and he is a good piece to recoup something. He might get I, I don't think he's going to get as much as people think he's going to get, though. Like he's he's still a left shot D. Right. Like that's and that's the frustrating. Like if Brendan Dillon was a right shot D, you could probably trade him for a pretty good piece. I'm not sure you get a whole lot for Brendan Dillon, especially dealing like from a point of weakness like the Sharks are at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be happy to get an extra third or fourth rounder. Right. But what's that going to do? I mean, well, it's better. You know what? I, yeah, I mean, I honestly, it's better, it's better than, than nothing. nothing. Right. I mean, and and right now I, I can tell you. You know, the the people who we laughed at in this position a year ago over in Ottawa, they are going to laugh straight to the bank with that first rounder, which is probably oh, going yeah. to be a lottery pick. You know? Oh, it's yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a lottery pick. It's, you know, and depending on how the odds are, they're going to have a good chance of hell. They could end up picking one and two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 the, with the way that the Sharks and are playing. You know what? And you can definitely, with the benefit of hindsight, you take that into consideration because, you know, the one thing that we all said, a lot of us said anyway, was, well, you know, we really picked up Eric Carlson for, for nothing. That doesn't, if they pull it like a top five pick, it's no longer for nothing. Like that trade doesn't look very good in hindsight anymore. No, I mean, it, it's, and, if, and, I, and God forbid I, if they get number one overall, right? I mean, and that's I was a franchise, guy, oh, that's a franchise alterer right there. Uh, in, in this draft, it, it absolutely is because you got Lafreniere, who's probably number one. Quinton Byfield and from Sudbury is probably number two. Both really solid players. Um, Byfield, I, I wonder if Byfield goes first because he's the center. Right. Um, but I mean, these guys, yeah, they like there are some really, really good players that are going to be headlining this draft class. It's a pretty deep draft um, for the first round anyway. Um and but I mean, like, you know, and I, I will be the first I will say, you know, I was one of those guys that was out here, you know, when Eric Carlson got traded here and I was saying how little we gave up. Ah, oh, you know, big deal. Dylan, you know what? Dylan DeMello or, you know, the Cobra big deal. Um, but man, yeah, you you add a Quentin Byfielder and Alex Lafreniere into that mix. And it's uh, that's a pretty big deal. Right. Right. Uh, Rob, I'm asking tomorrow. Uh, you know, do, do we see Meyer get scratched? It, I, I, it wouldn't put, I, I you know, I, I think everything's on the who, table. Right? Like yeah. for who? Like no. the, that's the problem. You, your depth is so bad that, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for a Timo Meyer benching for what it's worth here, but I'm just saying, like your, your depth is so bad. What AHL guy are you gonna put in to replace him? And then you're gonna expect better results, like maybe, but not really. I mean, that's the problem, right? The, the problem is, is you don't have guys that can pick up and take over the spot of a Timo Meyer, even as bad as Timo Meyer is playing right now. Right. Like right. You don't have a legit guy. Right. No, you, you, you don't have somebody that can come up and, and play those minutes. None of these guys are afraid of their jobs being lost because there's no one to take them. Right. Right. So it was an overestimation on the prospects. And I think we all we all looked at the prospects and said that there was more to the the group than than meets the eye but you know what this season has definitely put it into into perspective from my from my end i mean this this the, the barracuda right now are, are not playing well yeah um, and i i, I don't want to like i know I, I i i just jumped on one of Kurz's tweets about the barracuda i i haven't watched any barracuda games this year so i don't really want to like speed bag them but obviously look at i mean you can you can argue with and if we, you can argue with anyone, just the internet, you're allowed um, over, you know, have guys, you know, gotten a fair shake or not. But I feel like the Sharks have given a lot of guys looks and maybe, you know, maybe a different coach might get something different out of them. But really, no one's again, like no one's no one's afraid of losing their job on this team. 
whether it well, be a top six board or a bottom six board. Well, Ian, I mean, and and you, you, you we're talking about fair shakes here. They sh- they they spent the entire preseason rotating people in and out and in and out, and arguably messed up any kind of gel time that they had to try and figure out what the hell they had in these kids. So, so I, I think it's fair to say that they, they got a shake at it, you know, it, yeah. it you know, it, it might've been a two or three game audition, but still, I mean, again, nobody, nobody stepped up and grabbed it. The only person that did was Mario Ferraro. And, and, and it was in the position where we had the most plethora of depth. You, that you you'd think yeah no i mean mario ferrara has been uh thank god for that because i mean really when when we look at the season after the season's all said and done like that's gonna be one of the things that we can probably hang our hat on it won't be a whole lot because it's gonna be a depressing like this that's the problem with the, the the sharks i mean no one did did anyone expect them to be as bad no i didn't expect them to be bad i thought with how bad the pacific was this was going to be a top three team in the pacific easily a top three team in the pacific i mean you know, I mean, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I knew that this was going to happen the whole time, but where you, you know, but this is where we are now and there's nothing to look forward to. Um, you've got a bunch of guys and I've said this on many shows so far. Um, you've got guys that, that are, you can't trade them. I mean, you can, but you're going to get completely bent over a barrel because they have three teams that they can agree to go to and huge ass cap hits. We're stuck with, mediocre at best goaltending i mean maybe aaron Dell sticks around next year and we keep him i don't think like i i'm not i'm not that so like i aaron dell's been really good but i don't know if i would go that far i would look for another option over aaron dell in the offseason as well as he's played so far but you're still stuck with jones for what another five years oh my god that jones contract that jones contract's an absolute poison pill i mean the, there's these contracts are not movable you buy them out and you're still, you can't even buy, like you could buy out Martin Jones, but that's going to cost you in the cap department where they don't have room. Any cap space you get, you're going to eat up with a Martin Jones buyout. And then you still have to find another goalie. Right. Um, Puck guy, you know, we're speaking about goaltending and I think in depth in general, you lose Pavs, Nyquist and Donskoy and, and AJ has beat this drum to death, but it's a second line on pretty much, most nhl teams for ek65 okay yeah but justin braun sucks oh I, I just strictly pavs nyquist and donskoy uh okay yeah because i'm gonna say because justin braun sucks so let's not right. let's not worry about like the sharks actually probably held justin braun longer than they should have um joe pavelski look i maybe this is an unpopular opinion it's a popular opinion none of these deals have worked out like the right. deal that he signed with dallas none of them have worked out so far right i you know i think that there was going to be some kind of of regression especially if, if pavelski had stayed i i think we would i don't have think seen... we're in a much better place <sighs> yeah i i mean i i i can looking at the way that the team is right now i i think they probably would have been in a better place only in insofar as maybe a mental standpoint maybe being a little bit better and 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 the fact that we're even just going to like a a mental win is just goes to show you how crappy the season has been but i don't i don't think joe pavelski makes much of a difference this year because he was because he was like what was shooting percentage last year 20s right right like there was no way and then by the end of that deal so you sign him for three years and this thing is way, I mean, you think things are bad this year? Think of what things would be like in three years with that much, that old of player making that much money. And and I think, I, I think though, Ian, I think we'll look back on the retrospective of this season and I think we'll say that the Sharks did not spend enough time tailoring an offense to the strengths that they had after their assets departed. I think that this team for the first 30 games has been looking for that same tip pass and that same tip. Sure, but that's that's coaching. I mean, that is a that I, I, is a problem where you lose a you lose a tool and you like, you know, and they tried to get Dylan Gambrell to play that role, which really is, you know, he's he 
at, on his best day, maybe he's a poor man's Joe Pavelski on his best day, not on an average day. Like that's, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a fun, that's coaching though. Like, I mean, you're still looking for that same play 40 games into the season with Pavelski gone. Give me a break. Like that's just like right. so, an adjustment should have been made. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what we're saying is the perfect storm here is, is it not only that it's a departure of talent, but it's, it's a, it's a non course correction to, you know, the issues that this team had last year. I mean, yeah. You know, again, you, you talk about the goaltending, mm-hmm. you know, it looks like Aaron Dell right now has kind of shored things up for the most part in the last four or five games. But prior to that, you continually trotted out a, a Martin Jones, who's I, he's just completely forgot how to play goaltender. Well, but he's your almost $6 million guy, though. Like, you people are talking about 11.5 for Eric Carlson. Martin Jones is in the top half of paid goaltenders in the league, and he's been dead last in save percentage the last two years. Right. And and so starting goalies. Like, so personnel issue one, two, tactical misread on what the team has. So I think that, and then, and then the change in leadership, I think, has more to do than I think, I think we want to give credence to I, I i really think that that has something to do with it whether or not it's it's adjusting to a new style of, of somebody speaking or or whether or not it's it's just not the right buttons being pushed but it's it's it was a perfect storm and i and i yeah. think that i let's just say if we would go into this season all over again i don't know that it would be this bad but i think it's just Things have compounded upon each other For so sure. much that it's that it. This is what we're the the shit sandwich that we've been served. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and like I said, I think you you know I, you do things differently, a little bit differently. You know, like maybe maybe you don't keep Carlson and you keep a couple of those other guys instead. I don't know if the, this team's much better because the goaltending's been that bad. Right, right. I mean. <sighs> I, I, I don't know. And, and AJ saying, if Jones and Dell are so bad, how were they part of getting to the Western Conference last season? Well, look at, okay, Matt Murray has two Stanley Cup rings, and what has he done lately? Yeah, I mean, it, and, you know, goaltending. What happened to Antti Niemi? Like, right. a goalie can get hot for, for a period of, for, you know, like, they get hot. Look at Martin Jones. You go back and you look at that Vegas series. The second half of that Vegas series, Martin Jones stood on his head. Martin Jones, game six. Martin Jones made like almost sixty fucking saves. Right. Like goalies can, can goalies can go on a run. We've seen mediocre goalies, you know, have outstanding years and then completely fall off the face of the planet. Hamburg, um, Hambler, Hamburglar, right? I mean, like, he's not even in the league. It's happened. I mean, you know, but I look at if you want to just blame the defense, that's fine. But again, I can show you a team in Winnipeg that has a much shittier defense than we do, and their goalie's posting a 937. So clearly a good goalie can be the difference on a team with shitty defense. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I think Winnipeg is is definitely a good um, a, a good parallel to the Sharks in so far as how a team can rise up out of depth adversity versus... Sure wilt towards it right winnipeg we we all wrote winnipeg off i mean i think everybody media pundits to everybody here at teal town i mean that with the the way that their injuries had stacked up the way that the the bloodletting on that blue line continually just just the the bleeding never stopped yeah and and they're still a stellar defensive team still and 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 the sharks have five x the talent on the blue line and 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 are completely lifeless, completely lifeless. It's just it's, it's unacceptable. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not mad at AJ. I'm sorry if I'm just I'm, I'm just I'm like I'm just I'm so frustrated with this team. And obviously, I get this wonderful platform where I can just yell into the wind. Um, <laughs> Like, I'm not, I don't know. I, I just, like, I, I wish, I'm frustrated because I wish I had answers. Like, I wish I right. could tell you this is what the Sharks can do and everything's going to be okay. And I could I could kiss you all in the forehead and tuck you in at night and tell you that everything's going to be fine tomorrow in Sharks land. But I just, I don't, I can't. Right. And it's so frustrating. 
right and and i think we 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 also said look i think a team can absorb uh, a certain amount of mistakes on the back end from a burns but can they absorb two of the same defensemen i mean of of similar high risk high reward and and not you know fall off a cliff from defensive standpoint as far as high danger chances and i think the resounding answer is no i don't think a, a even if you clone mark edward vlasic at his peak you know 27 year old or 26 year old mark edward sure. vlasic and you and you gave the blue line three more of those and you still put eric carlson and brent burns on the same blue line I don't think that they would cover up those mistakes. I just I don't think that you can have two alpha right-handers that are high risk, high reward kind of players. I just I don't think when, it works. Uh, just to answer, Winnipeg's up in the higher end of the high danger chances against, for what it's worth. I don't know exactly where they rank. I know they I know they are definitely in the top half of the league for high danger chances allowed. Right. Um, Rob Iman asking, do we think Bugner is going to break out the whip tomorrow? I mean, he's got to do no. something. I mean, he's, I mean, got to do something. But, you know, what what is that going to change? I mean, not much. Not I much. don't know. Like this team is just and that this, is, this goes back to what I said, like where I just I don't have the answers. Like, I feel like this team is just so fundamentally broken. You could put Scotty Bowman behind that bench. Nothing's going to change. Right. I mean, yeah, Al Arbor, Scotty Bowman. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Nothing's going to fix that. Um, A012345 underscore two. Burns to forward is actually looking like a valid solution now. AJ chiming in. Bingo. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, what the hell do you have to lose? Right. I think this is a this is a, a crap season. So, you know, I think it hell why not you know at this point you're you're throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what six at this point because yeah you know at phantom 0441 i think the the sharks need to make a trade to shake the team up but who's gonna trade with them who's gonna what are you gonna trade that's gonna make an impact right i mean like carlson's got a no move burns got a modified no trade vlasic's no move couture's modified no trade your best your best trade chip is Brandon Dillon and it's not that great of a trade trip. Right. Like just because that's your best chip doesn't mean it's going to get you the best trade or the best results. Like I don't know how a third round pick is going to help the sharks in the lineup. If, if he was gone tomorrow, like that's the problem, right? Like I don't, and and maybe I'm just being, you know, maybe I'm naive not thinking outside the box enough, but you know, again, all of these, anyone that has value, you, your, your guys that are going to have, Maybe the most value are are Dylan and and maybe Kevin LeBanc because he's on a song of a deal. Yeah. And I don't think and even combined, I don't think they bring you back anything that's gonna make an impact. Right. right. Like I think I know everyone's pissed off at Timo Meyer right now, but trading Timo Meyer at this point in his career would be an absolute mistake. Oh yeah. I still, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna figure it out at some point. I I mean, he, he I firmly be a, believe that, you know, you put him with a with a superstar center and you're looking at like 35 plus goal goal scorer. Are there. you are you trading Tomas Hurdle? I sure as hell hope not. I mean, if you're if you're trading Tomas Hurdle, you better strip this thing down to the bolts. Yeah. No, you know, everything's for sale at that point. Right. Because, you know, like, he, yeah, he's a if, young if player. He's part of the solution. And if you're if you're waving that flag of the, hey, I'm trading, um, you know, Tomas Hurdle, that means uh, Nothing is untouchable. If you right, like if you're if you're trading Tomas Hurdle, you're you better strip this thing down to the bolts, right? And you better get as much back as possible. Logan Couture, again, I wouldn't. I don't think Logan Couture is the problem. I don't know, if, you know, what's the one like? Maybe you trade one guy and you make a huge impact. I, man, Logan Couture. Well, again, you got to pick three teams that he'll go to and then hope they don't bend you over the barrel for them. But I'd almost put Couture in the same category as I put Hurdle. If you if you're trading Couture, you better strip it down to the bolts. Right, and then the, I think the other the other thing too that that has kind of gone unsaid is is the DW had made a living of bending teams over backwards when they were in this position, right? And I don't think general managers have that short of a of an attention span or that short of a memory. They're they're they they're going to exact some some level of of uh, retribution here if 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 you know DW is going to look for 
a trade partner. You know what I mean? I, I don't think mm-hmm. anybody's going to be giving him a life preserver. You know, I think he, you look at the case in point with Stefan Nason. It, it would not surprise me if he put out the feelers for goaltending help months ago and couldn't find anything uh, of value to come back. And getting somebody off the waiver wire, I think, shows you just the kind of level of desperation that he's in um, and, yeah. and just the lack of, of trade availability, the lack of trade partners, and quite frankly, probably the dog shit offers that he's getting for his players at this point. So, again, I don't think that there's a magical solution um, as far as as getting out of, of any players. I don't think that there's going to be any kind of cavalry coming. This is the problem, right? Because this is the thing, right? Because everyone wants to give us, you know, they want me to see, they want us to come here and they want us to see something positive, something they can hang their hat on. And really, there's no answer. There's no trade that's going to fix this team. There's no trade coming, in my opinion. Like, if they trade someone of any value that's not Brendan Dillon or and I don't think they trade Kevin LeBanc either, but those are your two guys that you can possibly trade. If if none of those guys, if it's not for one of those guys, I don't see what they're going to do. Like, there's that's the problem, right? This is the mess that they're in. Like, there is just nothing to hang your hat on. There's no trade that's going to fix this team. You know, everyone's talking about culture change, but culture... The talk is cheap. I mean, I'm not in the locker room. You're not in the culture, locker room. I culture can't... begats culture, right? I mean, if you win, then it continues on. It's a, it's a, you know, it, it's basically a winning cures all, right? I think culture is sure. just a byproduct of, of, of where you're at insofar as your 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 level of play. I, and you know, I, you know, there, but there might be. Having said that, there might be some animosity towards towards the contracts that were doled out. I, I you know, I, I think everybody kind of raised an eyebrow when you gave that that contract to Kate. Excuse me, the Evander Kane. Evander Kane, yep. Yeah, and that's probably where it started. If if I mean if there is discontent from contracts, that's probably where it started. There was a lot of rumors from reputable hockey people that Joe Pavelski was not a big fan of that deal. Right. And you know it's a it's a it's a player that comes in who hasn't been a shark who didn't grow up in the Sharks way and and basically took part of Joe Pavelski's re-signing money right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, well, and, and like, again, like, and again, you know, you, you don't keep Joe Pavelski for three more years at a high dollar amount. You just don't like that's, I, I will say that's the right move. You know, some of the other names that went, I just, I mean, I don't mean to circle back to this wagon, but if, if, San Jose Sharks signed Jonas Donskoy for $4.1 million in the offseason. We would have came on here, and we all would have lost our fucking minds. <laughs> yeah, I think when you're playing with Nathan McKinnon, though, I think it, it, it definitely inflates your <laughs> stats. So I think anybody could could get 20 goals, you know, playing with Nathan McKinnon. But I, I totally hear you, though. I you know, We would have we would have came on here and just, like, yeah, it yeah. would have been it would have been it would have been hysterically funny to look back on now, but we would have lost our minds. Yeah. All right. Well, Ian, I mean, I guess let's extract the only joy, the only faint, faint joy of pleasure that we'll get out of this uh, out of this silly little podcast with a with a timely <laughs> reach around. Right. Have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. Uh, yeah. Time to get that reach around out. You know, and, and you know, try and salvage whatever we can out of this night. Uh, Boston Bruins continue winning. Pratouche Bergeron is just a beast. He's got number 16 and 17 goals on the season tonight. Brandon Carlo with the third goal, and the Bruins go ahead and shut out the uh, Sabers three nothing. Maple Leafs beat the Devils five to four. Your goal scorers on that one are Zach Hyman. Uh, Mikhaev, Kapanen, Tavares, Nylander with the overtime winner, and for the Devils, Nico Heischer, Gusev, and Kyle Parmeri, and, and Jesper Bratt. Yeah, for uh, a five to four win, uh, Maple Leafs over the Devils. The Rangers beat up on the Hurricanes five to three. Um, Walmart, Pesci, and Aho are your goal scorers for Carolina. Zabinajad, Kreider, Zabinajad, Strom. For your winners on the Rangers, Caps beat the Blue Jackets two to one. We got uh, Lilia with the with the Columbus Blue Jackets goals, and then you got Haglin and Oshie with the goals for the Capitals. The Wild beat the Avalanche six to four, and the Wild, you know, are are certainly uh, 
making it interesting, especially in that wild card race. But uh, they beat up on the Avalanche six to four tonight. Penguins beat the Predators five to two. Blues beat the Jets five to four in overtime. Blackhawks beat the Islanders five to two. Flames beat up on their Alberta rivals five to one against the Oilers. The Ducks beat the Golden Knights 4-3. Of course, the Sharks losing did not help their cause to try and claw back. And, of course, the Sharks lose in the overtime, and we have the diatribe of all diatribes. So that is your reach around. And, you know, I, I again, I think we, we've kind of come to this conclusion that uh, this season, I think, is pretty much in the books um, we're not even halfway through, but the Sharks would have to go on some <laughs> kind of miracle. But continue run. watching. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but but continue watching. You know, uh, you know, place. Uh, you know, uh, get your. You know, get. Continue to support the team insofar as you know going to the games and and rooting for our boys and stuff. But boy. You know, it, it right now in Sharks fandom, it is it is hard to draw highlights out of anything besides, you know, getting some nice, you know, some some diamonds in the rough. And so far as Mario Ferraro and, you know, um, Shellman and uh, Stefan Nason. But uh, again, you know, if you're saying that those are your diamonds in the rough and you're saying that those are the bright spots of your season, then, boy, you're not doing great. Like you're 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 thing that you should hang your hat on shouldn't be well we've got a great fourth line guys right yeah i mean i think that they were they were going i think it was kevin kurz or maybe it was pashelka was one of the beat writers was basically saying they'd have to go at like a 600 win percentage you know like to to even sniff wild card right i mean basically oh, yeah. you're, you're you're looking at like 95 points right now and what we're in the 30s points wise yeah and speaking i mean look at i mean not only have we thrown in the towel um you know as much as nbcsn you know wants to uh make sure that you keep watching and and give you all the the happy you know horse crap about how you know don't worry they win this game they're still in the playoff hunt kids um you know they've they've decided the season's over too because they let their beast rider go in right. Shalena. yeah i mean you know, we we uh, we as uh, as a team here at Teal Town have always had um, a special connection, to especially with some of the beat writers, um, but Shalena in particular. And, you know, we hope that she lands on her feet. Um, we know she will. She's a great writer. She's and, fine. Yeah, she's fantastic. And um, definitely has. But like, how brutal is that? Like your like your television partner can't even supply with a beat writer like. Right. God. Like, I, I get it. I mean, look at I'm I'm sure viewership's down because I'm sure that the viewership's probably reflecting the the numbers in the tank. But, man, that just, like, that sucks. That yeah. really sucks. Like, you're, I understand, like, things aren't going very swimmingly right now. But to just, like, kill your beat writer midseason, like, what a joke. What a joke. The, the, the Sharks television contract, like, this is, th that's a joke. No, it's it, disgusting. It, no, it really was. I mean, it, it was it was. And I'm not saying this because I just not just because this was Shalana. I, I love Shalana. Don't get me wrong. But this could be anybody. This could be my least favorite person on the planet. And I'd still think it's a joke. Right. Yeah. You know, it, especially midseason. Um, and, you know, I I have had that feeling that the broadcast definitely took a different tone once the majority ownership changed and once you know uh, the, the AB5 has nothing to do with Shalana getting fired she's uh, she was an employee of NBCSN like right. this she's not a freelance she was employed by them right like, this is this is not an AB5 fear the fin issue this is just no it's not an AB5 issue she was employed by the team like by the by the broadcast it's not an ab5 issue stop uh, yeah it, it, been, yes unfortunate victims of the ab5 this is not that and don't let them snow you into saying that it's <laughs> garbage um uh, you know I, I but but going back to just the way in which the the presentation of the sharks broadcast has continued I, you know at this point i feel it's almost um we're almost being 
it's not lied to, but it's it's this active like let's keep this rah rah spirit going, guys. When it's like, look, the the team is not doing well. They need to they need to have a level of accountability. The media can can be a part of that, you know, can be, yeah. you know, an outlet, and especially for the fans who need to see that 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 they're that they're being listened to and 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 active when when you've got Curtis and you've got. Brody actively go and, and love them to death, and I'm and I'm sure that this is not their preference. I'm sure this, this is them doing their jobs. This is them putting food on their table. I don't, I get it. I don't like it, but I, I, I understand what they're doing. And I look at, look at if I if this was me and this if I had to come on here and and give you a bunch of bullshit so that I could put food on my table and that this was my job to do that. That's exactly what I would do. Why? Because putting food on my table. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes I can suffer a little loss of integrity to keep my family fed right and but but doing that i think is a disservice to the fans I, and and i mean coming from the person that whoever's the production you know um guru over there at nbc sn who's putting together the scripts and who's pr- putting together the tones of the broadcast i think it's a genuine disservice to the fans to to continue sure, it, to trot out those narratives oh um, yeah and and going back to to the playoffs and what the Sharks have to do, basically the Sharks are at 35 points right now. They would need 60 points, so that's an additional 30 wins, and basically you've got 43 more games. <laughs> so you know, I, I I'm no math wizard there, Ian, but um, that tells you that they can only lose like 10 more games. And playing the way they are, that's totally realistic, right? They're they're just gonna totally magically just turn around tomorrow, flip a switch everything's going to be better. They don't even know who's, they don't even know what they're, where their 12 forwards are going to play from one game to the next, <laughs> but they're totally going to, you know, turn around and win all the games. Right. Yeah. Basically, you know, run, <sighs> off, you know, run off at like a, you know, a, a monster 10 game win streak, lose one and then go on another monster 10 game win streak. It's just, it's, it, I, you know, I, it, we hate to be this, you hate to be this down on the depths, but look, you just have to look at their last 10, one, seven and two. It's look at the whole season. I mean, really, like you look at the whole season. Look at even in November, and I, I, I know when I'm beating a dead horse, and we should probably wrap up since I know we've been on for a while. Even when they were winning, there was still some very obvious flaws with the way this team was playing in November. There was very obvious telltale flaws that some people, they didn't want to see it because they didn't want the truth. And they are still, they were there then, they're there now. No, I mean it's 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 pretty much as simple as that, right? I mean, oh boy. Well, I mean, sharks faithful. I mean, all we can do is just uh, you know love our colors and um, bleed our teal and uh, you know be there for the boys. But uh, it's not looking good right now. And um, yeah, I guess I guess all we can do really is just keep the faith and keep the color alive, right? <laughs> So, Ian, I mean, I know we've beat the dead horse and we've continued to do that. And I think for the most part, we've we've covered um, almost all the we've, angles. I We've covered all our bases, I think, tonight. I think that. Um, but, yeah, your last thoughts on where the people can find you. Uh, my last thoughts are, um, do they do they have television in Germany? <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Like, look at, I've always been a big proponent. Like you always kind of, you want to have that perfect level of, of ownership where, you know, they're just that perfect amount of involved because you don't want them overly involved because when you have your ownership too overly involved, you draft Neil Yakupov over Ryan Suter. That's what happens when ownership's too involved. Right. So you don't want that, but you know, don't you want something like something at this point? I don't know. Like, as as a uh, as a former um, former broadcaster of our beloved Los Timbarones, you know how can you take uh, how can you take my praise when you know you you can't understand the criticism? I don't know. AJ's gonna really AJ, yeah, you butchered re- that. AJ, will Yeah, he'll he'll read me for that one. But basically, it's it's to the to the point of you know if I can't give. If I can't exercise good criticisms on the team, how can you take my praise at face value? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So I think that those are my final thoughts. 
Um, and so far as where you can find me, you can use my first name. That's Eric, spelled with a K. Landy, L-A-N-D-I. I I am Italian, not French. So, um, you know, use the I, not the Y. And, uh, yeah, and so everybody here from Teal Town, USA, we really appreciate you guys coming on and checking us out on the Periscopes. Um, We're really trying hard to get this sorted out with YouTube, and uh, we're trying to figure it out trying to get a hold of anybody who'll listen to us but uh yeah we're trying to get these live streams all back together and kind of going from there of course if you guys want to continue to uh, keep up the conversation and have uh, conversations with us check us out on the discord it's a uh, it's a new kind of um, interaction method that we're using but it's something cool that uh that aj and crew have put together i think i, I might hop in there for 20 30 minutes and uh kind of just you know shoot the shit with everybody so yeah if you haven't checked us out already please go ahead and uh find us on uh all the social medias and um as always keep it teal or keep it real keep it teal and keep it real everything you know what it's just it's just not our day it's just not not our day day. it's not our day ladies and gentlemen have a great night (laughs) we'll see you tomorrow